Amen. Do you ever have days where you have to get a month's work of work done in just a couple hours? Anybody? That was Thursday for me. Okay, Thursday morning before lunchtime, I felt like I had to get 10,000 things done. I had a to-do list a mile long. So I was running from point A to point B to point C. And let me tell you, I was kicking butt and taking names. I was getting stuff done, and while I was running from one place to the next, and I was feeling real good about myself, I was like, man, I've done about 15 things already. I'm getting it done. I looked down, and on the dashboard, it said, zero miles till empty. (laughs) Anybody ever been there? Any of y'all, or any of you brave enough to admit that you've ever been stranded because you ran out of gas? Oh, but I remember one time, one time my car shut off as I was turning into the gas station and I literally rolled up to the gas pump. <laughs> and I could hear the Lord say, I, I, I pushed you this time, but you better be prepared next time, right? I was just praising God. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, I rolled to the pump. God is good <laughs> and I'm dumb. Amen. But think about this. How often in our busy, busy lives are we working hard trying to get things done when when in reality, spiritually speaking, we're running on empty? Statistically, that's most of us in this room. And statistically, it's most of the time. And believe me, when spiritually you're running on empty, you're going to have problems at home, you're going to have problems at work, and you're going to have problems on the inside that nobody else even knows about. You see, everything becomes difficult when your tank is empty. That's why today I want to talk about how to keep your tank full. You see, we're in a short series called Divine Design. And the Bible tells us that mankind was made in the image and the likeness of God. That, that, that makes us different from any, anything else that God created. He made us in his image. Come on, tell somebody, you're a divine design. Come on, tell somebody else, you just look divine today. Come on, the Bible calls you God's masterpiece. Psalm 139, we just read it. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm fearfully made. That means God made me so good, it's scary. (laughs) The psalmist said, your works are wonderful. He's talking about himself. God, you made me good. Lord, you did so good. Come on, tell somebody, he did good when he made me. Listen, you are not an accident and you are not a mistake. You were designed and created by, this is for somebody, there is no such thing as an illegitimate child. There might be illegitimate parents, but there has never been an illegitimate child. Every child ever born was made, designed by God with a divine destiny and a divine purpose on this earth. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. You were designed by God. You are God's Masterpiece. Come on, Brad, tell somebody I'm his masterpiece. 
And God made us in his image. He made us like him so that we could know him. We could talk to him. We could fellowship with him. And we could worship him. I talked about this last week. The animals don't worship. Only people worship. Animals are a reflection of the glory of God, but they don't worship God. In the yard beside my house, there's a bunch of rabbits. I have never seen, not a single Sunday morning, I have never seen a rabbit choir. I have never seen a rabbit preacher. I've never seen rabbits laying paws on each other falling out in the Holy Ghost, right? Because only people worship. Because nothing else is made in the image of God. We are unique. We are different. Tell somebody, you're different. Amen. We're designed by God to worship. There's not a single person on this planet who does not worship. Oh, not everybody believes in God, but everybody worships. You see, worship is putting your faith and your adoration into something greater than yourself. And those who don't worship God exchange our creator for something else. If it's not God, you'll put your faith in something else in that place, in his place. Whether it's Buddhism, Mohammedism, pantheism, humanism, atheism, Darwinism, you'll find an ism and you'll replace God with it. Right? You might not call it worship, but that is exactly what it is because God hardwired you to worship. You were created to worship, so don't waste your worship on worthless things. Amen? You see, the psalmist got it right. He said to God, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what's so special about the church, the body of Christ. That's why there's power when we come together and worship him. That's why the devil fights our worship. Oh, come on, somebody. (laughs) You come in here to worship God? Oh, I don't like that song. (laughs) I wouldn't pick that song. (laughs) You get in here and uh, it's too hot in here. Uh, It's too cold in here. It's too bright in here. It's too dark in here. Come on, the devil fights our worship, or you'll try to praise God, and then you'll look forward and say, mm-hmm, yeah, I wore, I wore that dress last week. I don't know who she thinks she is. Uh-huh. Come on, somebody. The devil will do anything to distract us and to hinder our worship because he knows what a lot of church people don't even know is there is amazing power when the people of God come together in one accord and worship him. Uh-huh. Come on, somebody. When we praise God together, there is power in this place. Come on, somebody just shout hallelujah one time. Glory to God. There's power in this room this morning. Look at what the apostle Paul, or the apostle Peter, excuse me, said about the church. He said this, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. You don't believe we're peculiar people? Just look around the room this morning. Amen. What's so peculiar and what's so different about us? Here it is. That you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What's so different about the church is that we put our worship where it belongs. God said in Isaiah 43, 21, these people are formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. 
So when I talk about running on empty, I've got to address a problem that a lot of Christians have. And the problem is that they're not living a life of worship. They're not living a life of worship. We, as the children of God, as the peculiar people, as the chosen generation, as the royal priesthood, as the holy nation of God, we ought to be so full of the praises of God every day of our life that when we come in here, I ought to have to tell y'all to shut up and quiet down so I can preach. But we don't have that problem, do we? We got the other problem. The problem is that we're not living a life of worship. And I don't say that to condemn anybody. I say that to help you because there's an answer to the problem. So this morning, I'm going to give you three easy things to do. Somebody say easy. easy. Come on, tell somebody it's easy. easy. Come on, tell somebody even you can do it. <laughs> All right, come on. These are three things. They're not hard. They're not complicated. They're very simple. It doesn't involve a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. It doesn't involve learning the Old Testament in Hebrew. You don't have to memorize the genealogy of Moses, right? It's just three basic things. But these three things have the power to change the dynamic of your life. These are three things that will help you stay full. So that you're ready to face each day. Okay, are you ready this morning? All right, three ways to keep a tank full. Number one, fill up before you leave. Oh, I'm going to say it again so you don't miss it. Point number one, fill up before you leave. Psalm 5, verse 3 says this. In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. And in the morning, I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. Come on, y'all got to help me a lot today. Tell somebody, fill up before you leave. We ought to start every day with some worship and prayer. I said we ought to because we don't. We forget how vital it is to worship and pray every day of our lives. Listen to me. You were created to worship. And if you don't fill your life with the presence of God, you're going to fill that void with something else. Talked about it last week. When the house is empty, the devil's going to try to get in. And he's going to bring his drinking buddies with him. Oh, I said it. We forget how vital it is to worship and pray every day. You need to start every morning by connecting with your source of life. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. Our life, our strength, our joy, our peace, our hope, it all flows from Jesus. In him we live and move and have our being. That means before we start our day, we need to go to the source. Amen. Amen. Psalm 59, 16. But as for me, I will sing of your strength. Yes, I shall joyfully sing of your loving kindness. When? In the morning. In the morning. For you have been my stronghold and a refuge in the day of my distress. Every morning before you start your day, you need to fill up your... T and listen, if you tune me out after point number one, I I've accomplished my mission this morning. If you'll just start doing this, the dynamic of your days will change. You need to fill up every morning before you leave. And how you do it is up to you, but I say the earlier, 
the better. The minute you wake up while you're still laying in bed, you can go to the Church of St. Mattress. Come on, you can open up your eyes and say, God, I thank you that you woke me up this morning. I thank you that I made it through another night. I thank you that there is still a heartbeat in my chest, that there is still breath in my lungs. I thank you, God, that I am here and able to start another day. Come on, we got something to thank him for every day. I thank you that your mercies have been made new on me this morning. Thank you that I got a bed to lay in and I got a ceiling to stare at this morning and I got an alarm clock to gripe about today. Listen, you can even praise God for the problems because every miracle starts as a problem. Come on, how many of y'all got problems? How many of you problems sit beside you at church today? I'm just kidding. That was a test. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, boy. We have a good altar call today. And a marriage seminar next week. Amen. I'm messing. I'm messing with you. You can thank God for the problems you're facing. God, I thank you that this is not a problem to you, but this is a miracle in progress because miracles still happen when you move. You are still the miracle working God. You are the Lord and you change not. Jesus, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And even though I don't see it, even though I don't feel it, I know that you are working in my life. Life. Oh, you do that before you get out of bed. The devil's going to be popping pills before you get to the front door. Come on. When I, get, when I wake up, I want the devil to say, oh, he's up. Hallelujah. When you wake up in the morning, praise God for what he's done. Praise him for what he's doing. Praise him for the things that he has yet to do. It'll change the way you look at your day. Psalm 104 says this, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Thank God every day when you wake up and then talk to him about your day. Did you know you could do that? Come on, talk to God about your day. I don't know about you, but I need help. Psalm 88, 13. But I, Lord, have cried out to you for help. And in the morning, my prayer comes before you. You start your day right. I'm not promising that the rest of your day is going to go great. But this is what I do promise you. You'll be a whole lot better prepared to face what you're going to face that day. Because the way you start something sets you up for success. You say, maybe you're not a morning person. You say, Pastor, I, I can't do all that before I get out of bed. I got to wake up a little bit. That's all right. Do what works for you. Some people feel the power when they take a shower. Amen. Right? Come on. You just feel the rain of his presence. You just, you just pray. You wash that dirt away and thank him for washing your sins away. I mean, whatever works for you. Some of us need a little coffee to get that brain going. Amen. Amen. I don't care how you do it. You just need to do it. 
I tell you, some of my best times of worship and prayer in the mornings is at Ford's Tabernacle and the First Church of the Chevrolet. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes it's when I get in the car and I'm driving. That's my alone time, and that's my time of work. Yo, we are the church. That means we can have church whenever and wherever we want. Come on. Jesus didn't say where there's a building and you slap my name on it, I'll be there. He said where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there in the midst of them. Come on. He is with you. You can have church wherever. I was in Dollar Tree in Kinston, and I walk around the corner, and a sister in Christ just said, Hallelujah. I said, Praise the Lord, sister. <laughs> we had church right there in Dollar Tree, right by the cups. <laughs> Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up. It runneth over. Amen. I don't care how you do it, where you do it, you just need to do it. It's important that you start your day right. And don't let the headlines be the first thing you read in the mornings. Don't let social media set the tone for your day. Start your day right. Pray. Worship God. Read God's headlines. Scroll through his timeline. Psalm 143.8, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. For I have put my trust in you. Show me the way that I should go. For in you I entrust my life. I told the men's Bible study a few weeks ago. The, the other morning I had a really good prayer time. It, it ended up being a tough day. Took a lot of punches that day. Took a lot of hits that day. But you know what? The day was bad, but I was good. I took a well. It was all right. You know what? The next day I left in a hurry. I didn't pray. I didn't do nothing. And nothing really bad happened, but everything ticked me off. I mean, come on. Everything irritated me. Everything stressed me out. You know why? My tank was empty. I wasn't ready. I wasn't filling my tank up. I wasn't getting ready for my day. Don't try this on your own, church. The Bible doesn't say I can do all things. There's a condition to that. I can do all things. How? Through Christ who strengthens me. you got to hook up to your source of strength before you go out into your day. This world is evil. If you learn anything in the days of Elijah series, you know this world is evil and is getting worse by the second. we got to get ready before we go out into the world. Amen? That's point number one. Three ways to stay full. Number one, fill up before you leave. Number two, top it off throughout the day. You got to top off your tank throughout the day. I don't know about you, but some days, me and Jesus are tight. I mean, we are just like that. Me and Jesus, we are good. I'm, I'm doing real good. I'm walking with the Lord. But then one person. That's when I need a timeout worship. You know what I'm saying? One person comes up. I'm like, excuse me for a minute. <laughs> Lord, you said in your word, thou shalt not kill. <laughs> so help me love them like you love me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
People will test you sometimes. I used to do this on my old job. I'd work with a whole bunch of heathens. Sometimes God put strategic men and women in the middle of a whole bunch of heathens. I mean, I work with hellions. <laughs> and they say, they say to me, uh, you sure do take a lot of bathroom breaks. <laughs> it's a medical condition. <laughs> it's called, I, I need a pray-itis. I'd be in there saying, calling on the name of Jesus. Lord, help me deal with these people that you love and that you died on the cross to save. Sometimes you can't escape, can you? Sometimes you can't get away and get alone with God. That's when you got to throw up, a, throw up a, a, a flare prayer. You know what I'm talking about? You just say, oh, Jesus, help me right now. I can't tell you how many prayers I have prayed under my breath, staring somebody in the eyes, talking to them. Sometimes I just start speaking in tongues and I don't even know what to pray. I'm like, oh, this is messed up. I don't even know how to pray. I just speak in tongues right in front of me. Are you having a seizure? <laughs> yes, I am. Leave me alone. <laughs> because my will is ceasing and I'm letting God seize this situation right now. Come on, somebody. If men can dress as women, I can speak in tongues, Dak on it. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't in my notes. Where'd that come from? I think about Jerry Savelle. <laughs> he went into a car mechanic one day, and they were cussing and telling dirty jokes. And he said, all right, boys, you've had your turn. Let me have my time. He threw up his hand, started praising God, speaking in tongues right there. That's bold. I love it. Sometimes you need to throw up a flare prayer. But you know what? We don't, we don't top, off, top off our tank just in response to people and in response to stress, do we? We ought to worship and pray throughout our day regardless. Come on, why? Because he is our life. He is our source. He is our strength. In the Old Testament, we see a pattern. There were the morning sacrifices and the evening sacrifices. We start our day in worship and we end our day in worship. But Hebrews 13, 15 takes it further. Listen to this. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name church it's not just a morning thing and an evening thing but we should continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise all day every day we are to be people of praise. Sometimes I'll, I'll sit at a stoplight and I'll let that red light remind me of the blood that Jesus shed for me and I'll just start praising God right there in traffic. Sometimes I'll sit at a stoplight and I'll let that stoplight remind me of the things that God stopped in my life. Because you know what God stopped? God stopped the force of hell when he saved my soul. I think about the times in traffic when God stopped that oncoming car. I think about Thanksgiving Day when we first moved to Goldsboro. There was a dump truck barreling over Spitz Avenue. As I was turning across the road, the brakes were out, and God stopped that truck and moved me across that road. I think about the time that God stopped that brain aneurysm from bleeding and taking my life. I think about the times that God stopped some stuff. So I hope that the next time you're having a rough day and you're sitting at a stoplight, you'll look at that light. 
And you'll start thanking God for the blood of Jesus. And you'll start praising him for the things that he stopped. And when it turns green, you need to thank him for the things that he has opened up for your life. Come on. I told you it's simple today. I ain't going to get deep today. You know, some people like to get deep so they don't have to do the basic things. Oh, boy. Oh, y'all were good till I said that. I'm sorry. You're kind, you're beautiful, you're precious, you're special. I just love you so much. Hallelujah. We should praise God all day long. We should look for every opportunity to praise God, to pray, to worship, and give him thanks. And sometimes I think men struggle with this more than women. For women, everything is connected to everything else. I, I, the, this is psychology, okay? The way the women's brains work, you can think about everything, and it, it all connects to God, right? It's amazing. Neuroscience shows that women's thoughts are all interrelated to one another. So one thought can lead to another, can lead to another, can lead to another, and it's all tied back to every other thought. Guys are not so complex. <laughs> Our minds are very, 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 very simple. Okay, we put things in boxes, right? We can think about one thought, and that's the only thing we can think about, and we literally move from that box, we stop thinking about that, then we go for a period where we don't think about anything. When my wife, wife asks me sometimes, what are you thinking about? I say, nothing. She says, no, what are you really thinking about? I'm literally thinking about nothing. There is nothing going on up there right now. She doesn't understand that. I don't understand how she can always be thinking about something. I'll leave that one box, have a blank space, and move to a next box and think about something else, right? Okay? Without even thinking about the thought I was thinking about five minutes ago, that's gone. Don't even ask me what I was thinking about then because I don't know. <laughs> Guys, don't put God... In a box. The temptation is we wake up in the morning, we open the God box, we close the God box, we walk on, walk on over to the work box or the friend box or the hobby box. Don't put God in a box. Make him the foundation of everything you do all day. Come on, let him be the foundation all the boxes are sitting on. Did you know that the most radical praisers in the Bible were the guys? I think about David, the warrior king, and his mighty men. Those were the praisers. They were radical people. It's good to praise God. Amen? Amen. Three ways to stay full. Number one, fill up before you leave. Number two, top it off throughout the day. And number three, this is important, fuel up those around you. Fuel up those around you. When you get right with God, God transforms you. From the inside out. I was talking to the praise team this morning just before we did sound check. I was telling them there, were, there was a young lady in Virginia Beach who was living a transgender lifestyle. And she shared her testimony. And she said that, that when I gave my life to God, I thought in my, my old way of thinking that I, I was going to be a man of God. She said because that, was, that became my identity. She said, but because God transformed me spiritually, that transformation on the inside started working on my mind. And within six weeks, 
I had realized completely that God made me a woman, and that was beautiful, and that's who I was. Some people, it's an instant transformation in the mind, but for a lot of people, this is one of the last things to change. When you're born again, God transforms you spiritually. You are radically different on the inside, and God works that change from the inside out. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Did did y'all see that verse? So when you become born again, there's a radical transformation, right? Spiritually, you are completely different than you were before. You were spiritually dead. Now you're spiritually alive. When you're born again, God makes you different. Why does he make you different? He makes you different so you can make a difference. Don't miss that. God makes you different so you can make a difference. And here's the problem with a lot of Christians. Spiritually, we are fat. We are spiritually chunky. In the spiritual realm, we are the big chungus. Why? Because we feed ourselves spiritually. We eat, 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 and we don't never exercise the things that we learn. You're too offended by that metaphor. I'll give you a different one. If a, a river flows into a body of water and there's no outflow, it grows stagnant. Jesus said, out of your belly, out of your belly will flow rivers of living. Oh, we want the anointing to fall on us, but we forget the anointing falls on us so that that river can flow out of us. Maybe your problem is not, not that your tank is empty, but your tank is stagnant. Because there's nothing flowing out of your life into anybody else. I should have preached this one first because point number one was a whole lot more fun, wasn't it? But this is the truth that we need to hear. First Peter 4.10, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. It doesn't say as each pastor has received a gift. It doesn't say as each church leader has received a gift, as each apostle, as each bishop. It doesn't say that. It says as each one, each member of the body. We got any members of the body of Christ in the house? Come on, show of hands. Amen? Amen. Every one of you has received a gift from God, and the Word of God says you are to minister it to one another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That means that you have a gifting from God inside of you to help other people. God has put you here to minister, to encourage, to pray with people. That's a powerful tool. Did you know that? I didn't say just pray for people. Pray with people. Amen? Did you know almost nobody rejects prayer? 
except that one guy in Virginia that didn't initially told us about. But, you know, he even he accepted Jesus after a couple weeks. Almost nobody says no if you ask, can I pray with you? Sometimes that is the biggest open door to minister to somebody, to encourage somebody, to tell somebody about Jesus. You know, my earliest memory of ministry in a church environment was a kid's church worker praying for me. That impacted my life more than anything else. That was my earliest memory, and it impacted. I still remember those prayers today because of the love and the kindness and the compassion of praying for somebody. Now, don't go to your boss and say, Lord, kill it, right? Come on, pour out your heart because God loves people. And in order to win people, you got to love people. Some of you, the problem is that there's nothing flowing out of your life. If you need joy, think about the parable of the talents. Okay, the, the one who took the talent and dug it in, dug a hole in the ground and buried it and hid it and then gave it back to the master. You know what? God took what he had and gave it to somebody else. But the servants who took what they had and gave it away and invested it and brought a return, what did he say? Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter the what? The joy of the Lord. Some of you don't have joy because you're not doing anything for the kingdom of God. You don't have joy because you're not doing anything to help anybody else. Uh-huh. Think about all the hypocrites out there. Amen. Come on. I wish we could say that Generation Church has been hypocrite-free since 2003. But listen, there's hypocrites in every church. All of us get hypocrite-itis from time to time. Come on. That's the number one reason why people don't go to church is because of hypocrites. Guess what? You could be the cure. You can be the antidote. You can be the Christian who prays, who worships God, and who loves people. Think about it. We can cure hypocrites in Goldsboro, North Carolina. Hallelujah. Come on, 1 Peter 2.12. Live such good lives among the pagans. Pagans are everywhere, y'all. Come on, we are increasingly becoming a pagan culture. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. If you're bothered by all the hypocrites out there, now's your chance to be the change you want to see. <laughs> Amen. Fill up before you leave. Top it off throughout the day and fuel up those around you. You can't do number three if you don't do one and two. If you'll learn every day to pray and worship and seek God before you leave the house and live a life of worship and prayer all throughout the day, then you'll be ready to love and minister and help other people. Come on, you ought to be so full of the life of God that you're the one people are drawn to. Amen. Jesus called us salt and light. Salt makes things taste better, and light helps you see clearly. Come on, somebody. Amen. Isaiah 50 and 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is, in, who is weary. 
We're in a weary world, y'all. People are tired and worn out. Ooh, power in that scripture. People are tired and weary and worn out, and we ought to be so full of the life and the presence of God that we're ready. We don't even have to think, but we're so full of the Spirit of God that the Holy Spirit gives us the words to say when he gives us the opportunity. Now, I'm going to do things a little bit different as we close this morning, but we have an opportunity coming up next week at Generation Church where you can help fuel up the next generation. You can invest a little bit of time to make a big impact in the lives of young people. We've got our kids' conference called the Influencer Summit coming up August 6th through the 9th. It's going to be four nights from 6.30 to 8 p.m. Four nights to make a difference in these kids. And we're calling it the Influencer Conference because I've said many times, we have kids who come here to kids' church on Sunday. They didn't grow up in the same kind of culture that I grew up in, that you grew up in. I grew up in the Bible Belt where even the heathens knew all the Bible stories. We have kids who come here on Sunday mornings. They never heard of Adam and Eve. They've never heard of Abraham. They've never heard of Moses. You say Abraham, they think you're talking about Abraham Lincoln. That's high school football coach. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you say all these names, they never heard of a Joan in the well, Noah in the ark. They have no idea what you're talking about, much less the gospel of Jesus Christ. So rather than doing one Bible story and one Bible character and one theme, we're going to talk about a different influencer from the Bible each night so we can expose these kids to as many Bible stories and themes as we can over these four days. And I want you to pray about what you can do to come and be a part of this. I told somebody this morning, listen, you don't even have to like kids to be a part of this. We need help in getting supplies together and preparing food because we're going to feed these kids. Because especially in our community in the summertime, a lot of our kids are not eating like they should. We're going to feed them, we're going to love on them, and we're going to share the love and the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. Did you know that two out of ten Christians accept Christ after the age of 20? Seven out of ten accept Christ before the age of 15. Seventy percent of Christians in the United States came to Christ before they turned 15. Those numbers alone make me want to get involved in kids' church. Amen. I'm going to go from preaching to the big kids to the little kids. Amen. Because no other group in the world is more receptive to the gospel of Jesus Christ than children and young people. And we have the opportunity to reach more people for Jesus than ever before. So I'm asking you to pray. If you feel like you have a spiritual stagnation, if you, sp if you feel spiritually chunky, <laughs> and you want to lose a little spiritual weight, come help us with this kids' crusade, with this evangelism event. It's just going to be four nights. And listen, don't tell me you're too busy because I'm too busy. We're all too busy. Statistically, we are the busiest nation on earth. We work more. We stop less than any other nation in any other culture. That's why we're, we're too busy, but we're taking time anyway to intentionally love these kids 
and invest in them. So I'm asking you to do a couple things to, to go ahead and sign up. If you have kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, okay, sign them up, gc.life slash kids. But we're going to have an interest meeting after service today. And if you got to go because Bojangles is open, put your name on this card and just write kids event and circle it. We will get you plugged in this week. But this is a very, very important thing. And I'm, I want to ask everybody to pray, okay? Pray with us over this event because we want to see next generation of radicals for Jesus raised up in this community. I, I, listen, I, every time I turn on the news, every time I read an article, somebody's shooting somebody in our city. It's not the old folks. It's the young people. It's not, last night outside of where we live, I heard about 45 gunshots. This generation needs Jesus. And you know what? We got him. So let's share him. Let's change this community. Amen? So what are we going to do this week? We're going to fill up every morning before we leave the house. Number two, we're going to top off the tank all day, right? Come on. Come on, because sometimes people will empty that tank fast. We're going to top it off all day, and we're going to make sure that we stay full. So number three, we can help refuel other people. Amen? Yeah. Will you stand as we pray this morning? Father, we just thank you for today. And Lord, I just thank you, Father, for this opportunity to come and worship you this morning freely. Lord, I just thank you for the freedom to worship you and to come to you in prayer. Lord, Lord, this morning, I just want to thank you for all that you have done. Lord, I just want to thank you for waking us up, for the people that you've placed in our lives, Lord. God, I thank you for every blessing that you have bestowed upon us in this church. God, you have been so faithful. And Lord, I just want to thank you for your faithfulness, Father. Lord, I just thank you, Father, that you've never lost a battle. You've never failed us. That you've always been there. And, Lord, I just want to praise you for that. Lord, I thank you for the things that you're doing. God, for the lives that you are changing. God, for those that have been set free. Lord, I thank you, Father, for the salvations that we have seen. Lord, I thank you for the deliverances that we have seen. But, Lord, I thank you that it's nothing for what is to come. Lord, I thank you, Father, for many more salvations and deliverances. God, I thank you, Father, for many more people that are suffering with addiction to be set free, for, for families to be put back together, Lord. Lord, for households to serve you, for children to come back home, Father. Lord, I just thank you in advance for the things that you are going to do, Lord. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that even though we may be in the middle of storms, I praise you. That in, a, in the middle of every mess that you provide peace. And Lord, I pray for every person that is going through a storm right now, God. Lord, that as they raise their hands right now, Lord, I just pray that peace just fall upon them, Lord. God, that you just give them strength right now, Lord, that only you can provide. God, that you are their provider, Father. Lord, that you just give them peace in their mind. I bind the works of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. Devil, you have no place and no authority. And I rebuke the attacks and the devour of the enemy 
that is trying to come against your people, Father. And Lord, I thank you for providing a way where there seems to be no way, Father. God, for trust in you, Father. And Lord, I just thank you for strength that they draw from you right now, Lord, as they lean on you, Father. And Lord, that we praise you in the middle of the hallway, in the middle of that mess, Father, for your hand being upon our life. And God, we just thank you for trust in it all. And God, help us this morning to share Jesus to others, Lord. God, use us this morning to be a vessel for you, Father. God, that we worship you, Father. Lord, let our worship be contagious to others. God, that as we worship you, that we draw others close to you, Father. And Lord, I just thank you for using us in a mighty way and that you use us to help the next generation, God. Use us to set the foundation for those that are coming up, Lord, to be the pillars of faith that these children need to see, that the youth need to see, and that the young adults need to see, God. God, use us, Father, to be bold, Lord, and not wavering, Lord. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that you use us, God, to change their lives, Lord. God, that you use us in prayer and in worship, Father, and in word, God. And Lord, we thank you for it, Lord, and we praise you. And Lord, I just pray over this Vacation Bible School next week. Lord, I thank you that you're going to send us kids, Lord, to minister to, Lord, that their lives will be forever changed and that generations after them will be forever changed, God. God, use us, Father, Lord. Let your anointing fall upon this place. God, I thank you for right now placing kids in people's hearts that they need to bring here next Sunday, Father. God, I thank you, Father, right now that we will be obedient in what you tell us to serve in, Father, and what you tell us to do. And, Lord, we praise you and we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I believe that lives are going to be changed. How many of you can believe that? I do. I believe that God's called us to do more than be spiritually fat. We've got the opportunity to do some exercise. And you know what? Exercise is not fun. If you tell me you love working out, I don't believe it. Because it's not fun. It's hard. It's strenuous. You're sore. And we need to get up and we need to start exercising. And we need to make a difference in those lives. Amen? So I'm going to give you the opportunity this morning. If you've never received Jesus as the Lord of your life, I'm going to give you that opportunity. We all have a longing. We all have a longing. We're all searching for something. And this morning, I want to, I want to encourage you, stop searching for things and material things and find Jesus. He's the only one that can fill that void. Drugs can't fill it. A relationship can't fill that void. People, friendships, nothing can fill the void that Jesus feels. So this morning, I'm going to give you the opportunity. If you'll just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe in you. Save me. Set me free. Forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. And with your help, I'm going to live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's celebrate. Amen. Let's give God some praise. Let's give him praise for the